Welcome back to Tradies Season 1, Episode 7. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary each week we chat the trading, the buying and the selling of AFL players. Full disclosure, a day early this week's pod. Anzac Day and Public Holidays tend to throw people out a little bit, so we're recording this on Monday afternoon before Melbourne, Richmond, before Essendon. Collingwood. Hello, Mitch. Hello, Sam. I hope a lot of listeners are taking the most of the four-day weekend to get your Monday and your Tuesday off. Must be nice for some. Yeah, get this Saturday, Sunday as well. Beautiful weather as well in Melbourne. Oh, 24 degrees, golf weather. Yeah, and had to drag you out the back from the office. I know you were just starting to wind up about Carlton, so it was <laughs> good, to, good to finally get you in here. We had to start a bit later because you just started to get your momentum around Hawth- uh, Carlton and, and how poor they were yesterday at Marvel Stadium. I tip the Saints. There's no way you could tip. Doesn't make it any easier though, does it? No, no. I was working uh, at the ground yesterday, so Sundays I do I host twelve till three on AW, so pregame, and then Tim Lane and Matty Grandel come in and call the game. I hang around for the first half and then host halftime, and then I'm sort of free. So I went I went down the standing room at Marvel on uh, on level one and watched a little bit more. A little bit more because we got a message to the Tradies Podcast Instagram <laughs> inbox. <laughs> I wish there was a photo attached to this. It suggests that you may have left before the final siren. I left halfway through the third quarter, which just so happened to correlate with when the Saints were about five goals up. <laughs> you had a train to catch or just... I actually did. I, well, I um, Because I get there quite early in the morning to prepare, I don't want to leave my dog, Diva, at home for like yeah, okay. huge amounts of time. And by the time it gets to six after a game, it's dark. So I, I sort of I watched the third quarter on my phone on the train. And then watch the last quarter on uh, on Network Seven. Um, Great network with BT and the team. But yeah, they've uh, they're average. The Blues. They're a ticking time bomb as far as a big news story is concerned. And especially in the trade sense, for me, this was meant of the year, right? Yeah. The whole demographic was built towards contending now. Oh, so frustrating to watch. They got the key pillars in attack. The midfield's just pretty much set. Walsh has come back now. Hewitt, they've gone after a free agent. Cripps is there. Mm. The first round picks everywhere. The key backs are. Pretty settled now, even though Mitch McGovern sort of comes in and out each week. But Wiedering's the sort of the mainstay down there. Anyway, we could do hours on the Blues. I prefer, How else was your weekend? I prefer not to. What did you do on your weekend? I uh, went down and covered the game in Geelong on Saturday night, the unfurling of the flag. Back home. Mitch Cleary back home yep. in Geelong. And then had Saturday night at my folks down there and then caught up with a few mates Sunday. Okay, you didn't go out Saturday night after No, I was, dinner? I was a bit tired. Yeah, and it also a bit hard for you to go out in Geelong because you just the, yeah. the attention that you would get. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. So you joke, but the, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I should have ducked over the road for a beer at my local footy club, St Mary's, but um, a few of the mates were, were heading home instead, so called it a night. We're getting old now. You can't go out uh, and have- Well, how old are you now? 29. Oh, for goodness sake, you're still in your 20s. <laughs> Spare me. Um, do you know, I was yesterday morning walking the dog and- these two people Is up it in twice front. a day for you or just the one? Usually once, but if I'm in a good mood, twice. Um, <laughs> two people having a conversation up in front of me. Oh. I thought, I know that bloke. That's Tom Brown. And he's talking to a sort of middle-aged woman who I couldn't sort of see. Like, I know that woman. It's Caroline Wilson. Oh, wow. Two of the heavy hitters catching up at Faulkner Park. I think they just run into each other. What if they were working on a rival podcast? I would listen to that podcast. <laughs> Caroline Wilson and Tom Brown. There'd be some good content in there. There would be. Wow. Could record it down at Faulkner Park. <laughs> We've had a lot of social media feedback about your dress. Yeah. Good locks, mate. 12 says the synergy is much better without the suit. We've also had feedback saying that you haven't had much dress since since you were age three. Not disputing that. Yeah. I've gone halfway between, so the, between the T-shirt and the suit. I've just gone the collared shirt today. 
I'm much more comfortable with you in a suit. Okay. i got to say, I like this energy better when you're in a suit. I'm just a bit Ca- more serious. Casual Mitch just rattles me a little bit. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure why. Before we get started, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. Also, make sure you rate and review the podcast, The Whiteboard. I'm going to kick things off yep. today. Now, I don't like concentrating on GWS. You know they've been a bit of a, a point of interest for me in recent years. But they've given us plenty to talk about. Can we talk about Lockie Whitfield? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just feel like it's sort of, it's a little bit of the elephant in the room. Because when we talk about long contracts and the Giants, we talk about Cornelio and Kelly. Yeah. Whitfield signed- Those two on the weekend combined for 79 disposals together. Yeah. Whitfield signed a seven-year deal back in 2019. And if you remember, 2018 was his breakout year and he was All-Australian and he looked like he was going to be one of the best players in the comp. So he signed a deal to the end of 2027 and he's on the best part of a million bucks a year over, over those seven years. Now, he hasn't been poor- by any stretch of the imagination when you look at his numbers. But with Whitfield, it's not really about numbers. Like, he's an impact player. So you look at his game so far this year, he's had, he had 17 to start against Adelaide, then he had 27, had a pretty good game against Carlton, 24 against Essendon, 23 against Hawthorne. Similar numbers um, since then. But they don't really have a, a spot for him to, like, slice up teams, which is what he really should be doing. Like, he's he's a run-and-carry player, but he's an amazing kick on both feet. So they sort of used him at half-back, on the wing, coming into the midfield. Yeah. For me, though, I'm looking at Whitfield. He's not even 29 yet, so he's got heaps of footy left in him. He's got to make one of those calls. Do I want to spend the remainder of my contract in a side that's rebuilding under a new coach, or do I want to go play for Melbourne or Collingwood or Richmond or Carlton and be contending? Yeah. I don't know. I just... It feels like his career is stagnating. I'm putting him on the whiteboard because... And I don't mean this to sound disrespectful to GWS because they've been a very successful side in the last six or seven years. But do we really want to see Lockie Whitfield finishing his career playing in front of 5,000 people? I don't. He needs to be playing on the MCG. Imagine Lockie Whitfield playing on Anzac Day. And I don't think he needs to be a midfielder, by the way. I know that he wants to be one. I don't think he's a centre-bounce midfielder. But there have been great like players play it. Just half back. I mean, look what Pendlebury's doing at the end of his career now. Yeah. Andrew McLeod. Like, look what Saad's been doing at Carlton. Like, he's every bit as good as those players, but he's not going to be remembered anywhere near as good as the McLeods and the Pendlebury's. Yeah. If he finishes with 240 games playing mm. for the Giants and not making finals for the last 80 games of his career. Yeah. He's he's a watch for me. Oh, uh, he's a big watch. And there's a bit of chatter about him last year. So that time he had five years left on his contract. At the end of this season, Hockey Whitfield will still have four years left on his contract. At around a million bucks. three and a half mil owing on that yeah. deal. I mean, the Giants got their cap sorted a little bit last year with Hopper and Taranto going. But with that money still owing, if they want to be serious about re-signing Harry Himmelberg, and then you've got the next wave of Aaron Cadman as the first round uh, number one pick who's going to demand big cash in years three and four. He still hasn't extended beyond his initial two years. Lockie Ash is a first-round pick. They've just re-signed Tom Green and Finn Callahan. This is where the cycle comes for the Giants. If that money was to be removed on Lockie Whitfield's cash, it would open up the door to make the, an easier decision to re-sign a lot of these other guys. Himmelberg's gone, isn't he? I wouldn't necessarily say that just okay. yet. There is a lot of clubs chasing him. Who's in front, do you think? I'd have Sydney and Richmond right at the pointy end for, for Harry Himmelberg. Yeah, I'd have Richmond in front. Not discounting a little dark horse in Brisbane for Harry Himmelberg. Oh, I haven't heard them mentioned with Himmelberg. Yeah. Just just to keep it, just to, the, the family's up in Brisbane. Yep. Was he born in Canberra or he's, he's got They've family? moved around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, he's moved around quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, okay. Just, oh, he's best, is he close mates with Taranto? Incredibly close. Right, that makes a difference. I'd say it goes close to saying best mates. Oh, well, off-field Cleary, I like yeah. this. Uh, just one more on Whitfield. So he was in the leadership group when he was sort of 
24, 25 years of age. Now 28, turning 29 this year. No leadership group. He has had his battle. So big ankle surgery at the end of last year. Had the concussion at the start of this year. So he's just still trying to find some continuity. What, what was the – you had a lacerated uh, liver? Was it liver? Yeah, or spleen. Or spleen. Something, something like that. It was a that. nasty yeah. internal injury that he had. Yeah. Just starting sort of to sort of get his body right in the last few weeks. But I sort of look at what the Gold Coast Suns did with Jack Bowes last year in the fact that he had two years remaining on his contract at around $1.6 million left on a back-ended deal at Gold Still Coast. I believe that deal, yeah. The Giants are going to have two first-round picks this year that could be in the top 10. So their own pick, if they miss the eight. And Richmond's pick. And Richmond's pick, which Hopper. we're talking tonight, the pick from Hopper. Yep. It could be a top 10 pick if the Tigers... Continue yep. on this way and, and miss the miss the finals. They're, not finals. They're done. Then you throw in if Himmelberg was to leave, yep. that's a third top ten pick potentially in their way. Could one of those picks be offloaded and it's part of a conversation like what Gold Coast did with Jack Bowes, and that you go to a club like a Essendon or a St Kilda who have cap room and say, take all of Lockie Whitfield's remaining three point five million dollars and we'll give you a first round pick. Ooh. Now I'm not saying the Suns the Suns cap's not as bad as I don't think well no one here is what the Gold Coast was last year and they've sorted a bit with Tarant on Hopper leaving, but it's these sort of conversations that the list managers will be looking at right now in that who's going to take Lockie Whitfield right now and then that 3.5 million dollar contract. I challenge you a little bit there because like the thing with Bose is that he basically wasn't playing. Yeah. So they had to sweeten it. But it was 2 years with Whitf- Whitfield's 4. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not giving Whitfield and a top 10 pick just to take that all the money. No, and, no but who's going to, which club in their right mind right now would take on that $3.5 million mm. as a whole? So, right, like there, there could be a scenario where, let's just say St Kilda, using them as an example, because Whitfield has relationships with Gubby Allen. Yeah. Who, well, you remember, remember that story early, early days where yeah. Gubby was implicated for the missing the drug test. Yep. And, you know, the Giants come up with a story that, Oh, it was actually the girlfriend's fault. Remember yep. that? And they both spent time out of footy as a result, Lockie and Gubby Allen. And Gubby, yeah. Now, Gubby is head of list strategy at St Kilda. Head of something. <laughs> and Stephen Silvani was there when Lockie Whitfield arrived at the Giants. Oh, there's definitely a link. He'd be great at St Kilda. The Saints have the money in the cap because don't forget they had a million dollars set aside for Jordan Ngoi last year that yeah. he turned down. Only thing on the Saints is they've got Wangane Miller, Bradley Hill, Jack Sinclair. Is he the type of player they need? Maybe not. But there is a link there. Anyway, you never have too many of those creative, quick players that can kick on both feet 50 metres, though. You'd find, you'd find no, spots for them. You're right. Just quickly on Whitfield. Sorry. If, if if a club was to say, we'll take on his deal, no one's going to take that on unless they're getting some incentive. And a, and a first-round pick could be that. Yeah, but the incentive of getting a really good player like Lockie Whitfield on your books is also good. Who's 29 with ankle issues and yeah. has and a big big wage hanging over his head. Yeah, but let's not forget that they can tear up the contract. They can, but the player's got to be... He's he's still got three and a half million dollars owing coming his way. Yeah, but he might decide that he might decide he to could. take five years at slightly less money and still gets a lot of his contract and ends up with a move. He might. So that's another another potential. Or a club like St Kilda says we'll pay seven hundred a year. The Giants pay two hundred a year. Yeah, like what Collingwood did. And with Grundy. the first round pick conversation I just threw oh, up is yeah. completely irrelevant. Sliding to his moment, Tom DeConing mm. being managed. Now you texted me the other day saying TDK with a with a. I emoji. <laughs> and because I'm off Twitter now. Oh, uh, good, good to see our private texts. No, no, no. Well, that, that's not that private. No. It was <laughs> in the group chat. It's in a group chat with everyone <laughs> on the show. And I don't have Twitter. So I was like, what's happened? You said he's been managed. And I sat there and went, okay, it's begun. The games have begun. So let's call a spade a spade here. 23-year-olds who have 10-day breaks don't get managed. They don't. No. The, the, he's, been, he's been dropped. And then he didn't play twos. 
The argument was that he had illness and he didn't train all week. I'm not interested in the arguments. Like, let's just just be upfront about it. He's out of contract. Mm. He played terribly. You would have found a way to get him up if he was important to your side. He played terribly against Adelaide. If he's part of your long-term plans, he's just playing. Right. Yeah. This is such a fascinating one because the first time we spoke about Tom DeConing, we both talked about how Carlton insiders don't really rate him as the $800,000 ruckman that other teams might. He's now found himself out of the team. Now, I think... Personally, they look much better when he and Pitnett are playing together. But but are you too hop, top heavy then with Silvani, with Colonel Mackay? Yeah, very possibly. I'm happy happy to hear the argument against. Yeah, and the other factor in all this is Jack Silvani's a free agent this year. Yeah, I think he's a gun for the value he yeah. gave him. He's not going to cost you much money and he can play almost every position on the ground. Back to Tom. So, like, Stephen Silvani and Gubby Allen and, you know, Ross Lyon and Simon Lethlane would have been sitting there yesterday going, well, this is playing right into our hands. Yeah. Because not only did he not get picked, he then would have sit sat in the stands and watched the Saints really handed to the Blues in the end. Yep. The scoreboard, I thought, flattered Carlton in the end. As you watched on your phone on the train home. (laughs) It was grim. It was a real Sunday Blues sort of moment. (laughs) Pardon the pun. And you're thinking, well, Tom, come play for us. We've got the system. We've got the new old coach who looks like he's going well. And also, play next to Rowan Marshall. You don't have to ruck the whole game. Yeah. You can can spend 60% of the time forward if you want. Oh, and by the way, you'll probably get the second or third best defender because we have Max King. Like, it's a pretty good selling point. Yeah. At Carlton. I I didn't really think about the impact of sitting in the stands watching the Saints. It's a thing. That'll be a a moment, won't it? Later in the year, we think. Remember that day he sat there and watched the Saints just bulldoze the Blues? Yeah. I mean, this is... These are important moments yeah. for your club. And, you know, so Tom DeConing is going to be sitting there in the coming weeks with his manager, Paul Connors, Robbie Durazio, and they're going to be saying, Tom, what do you want to do here? Are we re-signing or are we having a look? Mm. And if we're having a look, where would you prefer to go? Because Essendon want you, Sydney want you, Saints want you. We can probably get you big money in a long-term deal at all clubs. Yep, Geelong, don't <laughs> discount them. With Segler and Stanley yep. both 31, 32 now. Yep, and his brother obviously playing there. Yeah. The, the sell for Carlton, for me, after being dropped, Gets harder. Okay, we'll come back into the team. We're sort of going to try to manage you and Pittnet playing. Oh, can I rest forward? Oh, it's hard for you to rest forward because we've got Kuno, we've got Mackay, we've got Silvani. Ah, oh, okay. So it's going to be one of those awkward games where it's hard for me to have sort of 12 mm. possessions and 20 hit outs. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's it's sort of similar to the Jackson-Darcy thing in Frio. So I'm just not positive that Carlton have really thought through the long-term impact of what this is going to do. Yeah. And then, so, okay, you lose him. What's he worth? Well, we think he's worth two first-round picks. Well, but you dropped him. We're not giving you two first-round picks. So you've lowered his value. Okay, so we're losing a guy that we took early in the draft for another gamble on a kid that we have no idea about. But we're in the premiership market, but we're not really. But it's it's messy. That's all I'm saying. It's messy. And it's getting really interesting now. No, there's a... This is going to be so fascinating to see. So with with DeConing, if he gets around 12, 14 and hasn't signed, are you, are you stamping him? I think he's gone, yeah, if that happens. Yeah. I remember someone close to, I think I might have even written it in my first column, someone close to him said, it's pretty simple with Tom if he plays these days. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's fair. If he plays 22 games, like yeah. he's probably going to stay. He's found himself out of the team. Mm. Carlton's saying he's managed. The reality's probably different. The other factor on this is Roel Marshall is just hitting his straps. Oh, he's a good player. He's a good player and worked with Ryder in the side. Yep. So it's it's not one of those scenarios where I think, say, with like a Tim English or a, you know another Ruckman who wants to be the standalone guy and, and I'm, I want to be the 95% Ruckman, give me the minutes in the midfield. Yep. It feels like Rowan Marshall would be open to that play of being the 60-40 guy with a Tom DeConing and allowing you know to wax wherever it suits. So I think what Rowan Marshall was able to do with Ryder is – um, is a positive in the 
the De Koning camp at St Kilda. That's the whiteboard. Now it's time for Nuts and Bolts. It's become so big this segment that it's got its own sound effect. Love it. I think our Nuts and Bolts segment's getting a few people talking, by the way. Might be making its way into a few dressing rooms. Oh. Just a little bit of feedback I got during the week. Carlton or Melbourne around Clary. <laughs> yeah. I think there are a few different parties that weren't wrapped that that situation got brought back up. Okay. A couple of couple of phone calls. Did part of your thinking on Sunday at the footy go to what if Clary Oliver was running around in this midfield for Carlton? There's a lot of thoughts when I watch Carlton play. That wasn't one of them. Uh, what do you got for me? I want to talk about Tom Mitchell as the ultimate relationships trade. Good one. So take you back to 2021. At the end of that season, Hawthorne is driving him out. Well aware of what's happening under Sam Mitchell. He's just taken the reins from Alistair Clarkson in what was a messy handover. Oof. Mitchell has two years left on his deal at that stage. And, and Sam Mitchell knows that he's not part of his future plans. And if we can get a first round pick for Tom Mitchell, we're going to take it. Tom was a big Clarko man. Yeah. Not to say that he wasn't a big Mitchell man, but Clarko is the one that got him across and he obviously won a Brownlow underneath him. I think there yep. are a few players, including him and Jager, that weren't wrapped with the messy handover. Yep. So he probably saw it coming to a degree. Yeah, the leaders at the time. I think Ben McAvoy was probably the biggest one at that stage that really yep. was frustrated with what happened. And yeah, I'm not sure exactly where Tom sat, but he was a Clark, well, a big Clarko guy. He stays, plays 2022, and then, as you said, he starts finding himself out of the midfield. Yep. I remember asking him in Darwin at a community camp saying, is this where you see yourself? And he was fully committed and being the team man that he was, was happy to play that role. But I think as the second half of the year wore on, the fact that his centre bounces went from 70% in 21 to just around 50% of centre bounce attendances in 2022 started to wear on him a bit. And he started to look around and think, maybe this is not the best place for my future. Get to the later parts of 2022, Tom Mitchell was initiating the move himself. So end of 21, it's Hawthorne-led. Now in 2022, it's Tom Mitchell-led. Who's his manager at this stage? Tom Petroro. Right, because Tom's been through a couple of managers, right? Yes, he, he has. a different one at Sydney. Mullen? Yep, that's right. Phil Mullen. Tom Petroro is a big part of this as well. So it's a, yep. it's a, it's a pertinent point that you raise. So he for also, those who haven't listened to the tradies much before, or we just need a quick reminder, Tom Petroro, head of TLA, Yep. which uh, managed... Probably 60% plus of AFL footballs. Around that. Former boss Craig Kelly, who is yep. now, of course, CEO of Collingwood. Tom Petroro, along with Paul Connors, the two biggest heavy hitter player managers in the game. Yep. If you want to get something done, you go to them. And whereas Craig Kelly was the boss of TLA, or the big boss, he was very hands-off in terms of the player movement. But Tom Petroro, yep. was, he's probably got well, 30, 40 players under his own watch. Yep. But then when every other trade comes in at TLA, he's very hands-on around the manoeuvring there. He's he's the boss of the player movement at they, TLA, Tom Petroro. They also manage more than 50% of the senior coaches, which yes. makes it interesting. Yeah, one of those is Craig McRae mm -hmm. at Collingwood. Tom Petroro at TLA, his group also manages Tim Taranto, who is managed directly by Matt Bain. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time Tim Taranto is weighing up a move, settles on Richmond. Collingwood also had some interest. So my read on this was that Tim Taranto was looking at Collingwood or Richmond at the time to return to Victoria yep. out of the Giants, settles on the Tigers, but the need for Collingwood to get a centre bounce midfielder is still there. Every time Craig McRae spoke in press conferences last year, it was we're 17th ranked in centre bounces. It's a big hole in our side right now. We need to get more area through this. This is where this started to pick up. So whereas Taranto goes to Richmond, the TLA management group think, well, hang on, you still need a centre bounce midfielder. What about Tom Mitchell? So this is, I just want to stop you just for a second, because I think for our listeners, this is where it gets super interesting. And that is the impact that the bigger player managers can have in pulling the strings, yeah. in being puppeteers here, is that they help 
bring people and clubs together. Oh, yep. well, he's actually going to go to go to another club. But what what we do have for you is we can we can give you Tom. Like I yep. think Tom's still of interest. Yeah, it's not just clubs hunting players. Yeah. It's clubs hunting players using tools like other clubs, Definitely. like player managers, like parents, like, you know, how can we find who is interested in coming yeah. towards us? And Paul Connors and Tom Petroro are probably the two biggest players in that game when it comes to trade period. Yeah. And I'll, you remember back to last year, Tom Mitchell, it was Collingwood or Bust. There was no other club linked to Tom Mitchell. Which is fascinating now, given how he's playing. Yeah. Like he's probably getting a game in 18 midfields, isn't he? Yeah, because he's playing as a pure centre bounce midfielder and playing his role. Whereas Hawthorne were playing him as a 50% centre bounce midfielder and yeah. fighting him out on the wing half forward. Tom Betrow manages Tom Mitchell. He also manages the entire Collingwood coaching structure. So <laughs> Sorry, Tom Betrow. That's, that's funny. Tom Betrow essentially put the Collingwood coaching structure together. Yep. So it's um, Brennan Bolton. Yep. It's Justin Lepich. Who was also. Brennan Bolton was also with Hawthorne yep. at the time. Justin, Justin Lepich. Scott Selwood. Scott Selwood. And the coach. Yep, Craig McRae. Then you've got Graham Wright as the list boss and head of footy at Collingwood who brought Tom Mitchell across to Hawthorne. So there's links everywhere From here. From Sydney. Graham Wright walks into trade period day one. We ask a question because it's doing the rounds at the moment that Collingwood are in talks with Tom Mitchell. It's sort of bubbling along. Graham Wright tries to hit it out of the park saying, no, there's nothing to see here, you know. Classic righty. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, classic righty. One of the best operators in, in footy, but loves a deflection. And then you fast forward that this was always in play because you've got the coach on board with the player manager who wants him. Yep. The player wants a fresh start in Tom Mitchell and the head of recruiting has a relationship with him from their time at Hawthorne together. Mm. The midfield coach, Brennan Bolton, big fan from their time at Hawthorne together. It just worked. Tom Mitchell gets to Collingwood in the last hour of trade period and now he's playing like one of the best midfielders in the competition again. It's amazing, really. The what if that hadn't happened. Mm. If he was stuck at Hawthorne. Yeah, and it's my belief, you might know more, but the Hawks are paying some of the, the deal yeah, I think for, that, yep. for Tom to play at Collingwood for one year. Yep. And the Similar fact to that what was, they're doing with Jager at Freo. Yep. And the fact that it was only one year left on the contract compared to the end of 2021 when he had two years left made the deal a little bit easier to get over the line given that he only had one year owing for 2023. Can I ask you a question? getting slightly off topic, but I think it's a key question when it comes to trade. Do you think that coaches and clubs have an unhealthy obsession with getting rid of older players before they need to get rid of them? I think there's an element of that, definitely. I think players' papers are stamped too early. Like, So the argument that Hawthorne would have is that, well, if, if we kept O'Meara and Mitchell, then certain players aren't getting a gig in the midfield. And just on the Hawthorne, actually, that's the other thing I wanted to point out in this. They were 18th for centre clearances last year and their midfield was ranked 18th in the competition by a lot of metrics. They're actually in the top five for a lot of metrics this year when you look at their actual pure midfield, Hawthorne. I just, I just, I have a, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine that clubs try to get, it, 15 years ago, it used to be, oh, guy's 34. <laughs> he's got two years left on his deal. We should probably be. Yeah. Now it's like when someone's 29, oh, well, we've got these kids coming through. They might be as good. We should try to sort of phase them. It's like, no, just play your best team Yeah, every week and see what happens. No one thought Collingwood were going to go up the ladder like they did, and they have. And Collingwood held on to Pendlebury, Sidebottom, and those guys through that when at other clubs they may have had but, their papers stamped. Yeah, I just think, look, for footy, it makes a bit more sense because you've got the draft every year. So you're actually like forced by the rules to attempt to regenerate every year. Like you have to take a certain amount of draft days. The Australian 
cricket do it all the time. They're always trying to be like, oh, no, we, we're leaving this guy out of the squad because we need to get the next generation through us. You guys don't have a draft. <laughs> Why? The guy could play till he's 50 if he's still making runs. Who cares? Yeah. In America, they... they yeah, sign. Yeah, good point. No, no, no. Keep going. No, that's fair. I like it. That's fair. In Overseas, in Europe and the US in sports, yeah. they don't have the obsession with people's age. We do now here heaps. Yeah. And I, it just it frustrates me. And to play devil's advocate on that for Hawthorne, as you said, McKenzie's probably playing on a wing or half forward. Cam McKenzie, now he's playing midfield. Josh Ward, the same. Will Day. Yeah, Will Day is probably playing at halfback still. Now he's sent about to midfield. No, nah, but Mitch, you, you can have lots of midfielders. Yeah. Western Bulldogs won the flag in 2016 playing 16 midfields. Yeah. You find room for them if they're good enough. It doesn't mean at 29, 30, 31, you have to start shipping off ball-winning midfielders because you think their time's up. I just re- Anyway, I'm in the minority. I admit that. I'm just saying. It's my perspective. And we maybe we should do a nuts and bolts on Jagger and Mira because I think if Hawthorne had their time again, they would have only lost one of Mitchell and O'Meara. Well, they wouldn't have lost Mitchell, O'Meara and Gunston. Yeah. That was, that was a mistake, losing all three. But the O'Meara thing happened so quick that it was almost like a runaway train. Yeah. We should do nuts and bolts on... Jagger Amira. Because I think the, the, they were sort of had their mind, had their set head around Mitchell leaving late in the year. You know, if a club came calling like Collingwood did, that went. But the Amira one really came up only with two or three weeks left around the wedding for Cornelia. And if you've got a suggestion for either nuts and bolts or anything else you'd like to hear about, hit us up on Twitter or via Instagram. It's at Tradies Podcast. Uh, any good journal will tell you that it's always good when someone else gives some ideas or does their work mm. for them. So if you can give us suggestions. Especially voice memos. We love voice memos. In fact, I think we have one coming up. Let's get into overs and unders. Who's outperforming their contract? Who is underperforming in their big money deal? And uh, you've you've noted a saint. Well, Machito Owens is year two of his AFL career. One of the and best he's, names in sport, by the way, Machito Owens. It's elite. In fact, we should suck on you, Machito. <laughs> he signed last year a contract extension until the end of 2025. So had a two-year draft contract, signs... Years three and four, midway through his first year at the Saints. So they obviously rated him. Yeah, they did. And he was part of their next-gen academy. Sorry, what, what pick was he? Where did he go in the draft? It's a good question. I probably should have checked this. I'm going to search this. Because font. right now, he'd be he'd probably be what? In the best five or the top five picked by Ross Lyon every week? Like, Yeah. His form in a position that is so hard to find. I mean, we talked about Tom Papley last week. Like, Now, it's not to say that Machito Owens is going to be Tom Papley, but these mid-sized small forwards that continue to find ways to impact games are so valuable. Yeah. Like if you knew that he was going to have the impact that he was having, you'd take him in the first round every single time. I'm not sure where he was taking the draft. Pick 33. Yeah. So he's- And the Swans bid on him. So the Saints had the first rights to him. Classic Swans. Imagine yeah. Owens and Bapley playing next to each other now. Yeah. It'd be so frustrating. Right. So what would he- So to go back to your story, what would he be on? Second round pick who signs for years three and four, I'd say- 350-ish, like yeah, just so below, the, probably just below the average wage. Smart bit of deal by the, uh, smart bit of yeah. business by the Saints because he's now earning under the average salary playing way above it. Yeah, and he's, as you said, I think he'd be in the top five players. He, right now, if they called the BNF for the Saints, he'd be top five in the best team in the comp. Well, he's, right now, he's top 50 players in the competition yeah. without even thinking about it. And how many players are there in the competition? 800? Yeah, the top 50 players last year earn over $800,000 a season. So he's earning... It, you know, he's earning 50% yeah. of his capacity. And yeah. these are... These There'd are be the triggers conver- and clauses in there, like yeah, BNF fine. finishes, which is would reward him. But these are the conversations that clubs are having every mm. Monday when they sit down. Yeah. Well, it's like, this guy is outperforming so much that it, it's easier to deal with injuries yeah. when you have blokes that are outperforming their contracts. Yeah. 
And we're only a year and a bit in, but behind Nick no, Dacos, I like it. Behind Nick Dacos, there's no player having more impact in that draft right now than Machito Owens. No, it's a really good call from you, and uh, you're going to need it because we're going to have to have to go back to one of your previous calls. And I, I don't, I take no enjoyment in doing this. No, I, I really don't. Ben Mackay's had another tough week. I'll give you that. He has. He played Ben King into form. He has. Now Ben's a gun. We know that, and he's. Yeah. Uh, I really. Ben's been... You know I don't do this often. He's had a breakout game waiting to happen for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but I have enjoyed people start linking him to Collingwood now a few weeks after. Oh. after we, you know I don't do this often, but it's just, oh. it, it has been enjoyable for me to just suddenly... Oh, Collingwood linked him. Oh, really? Where's that come from? Um, so so Ben's out of contract. Now, we're tongue-in-cheek because you, you, you and I both rate Ben hugely. I thought you overrated him by saying he's an $800,000 defender at, at the start, but I understood the thought process. The interesting thing for Ben, it's almost a whiteboard item, but it's not, is that the more he plays in this team defense that's getting sliced every week, it just automatically brings his value down. It does. And so, you know, like Ben kicks five at him mainly because of, A, Ben's a really good player, and B, the team defense thing, they're still learning. Under Pressure Clarko. on the ball up the field, slow ball movement, easy to defend. Coaches say it every week. So it's just, he's such an interesting one mm. for me, Ben, because like they I can't wind that back to about 770 a year. Oh, you, okay. You're winding it back 30 grand. <laughs> wow. It's a huge difference. No, it's, it is a watch. I think I, I agree with you. If he's going to have five kicked on him every week, he's not an $800,000 defender. And uh, on Ben, I saw Jordan Lewis chime in over the weekend and say, it's a hard decision, but at some point Ben's got to ask himself, what do I want out of my career? Ben King? Yep. And that's, you know, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He kicked five. They had a win on the weekend. Yeah. So it keeps all the all the people at bay for a while. But yeah. yeah it's, it's the Connors effect. I keep saying, is it Tom Lynch 2.0? Give him his chance on the Gold Coast. Let them have time. They've had time, Mitch. They've had time. He's going to no, get... No, ben in, in Ben King Yeah, I'm time. saying I'm saying the Suns have had time. Oh, they've had plenty of to time. To convince him. So anyway, I, I did promise a listener voicemail. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Dylan here. Massive fan of the tradies. Love your work. Um, I've been suggesting through the DMs for probably the whole um, season of the show. I'd love to talk about Alex Sexton. Um, one of my favourite players in the AFL. Seems to never get a gig under the coach. Can't even remember his name. What's his name again? Stewie Jew. Doesn't get a game under him. I feel like he'd be playing in the best 22 of any AFL club. He was nearly an All-Australian about three years ago. Kicked six in a game. Is he worth anything, boys? And where can you see him fitting in? I absolutely love this guy, and I want to see more of him. Is that who I think it is? It couldn't actually be Dylan Buckley, could it? <laughs> Big fan of the show, I hear. Well, as he should be. <laughs> He's helped create it, so I'd be disappointed if he wasn't listening. Very flat about the boys, I hear it too. Yeah, well, it's, he and I were sort of <laughs> having a long DM on the couch at the front. Ah. Jeez, we got we got deep as well at the back before. Yeah, that doesn't. None of that stuff needs to be brought on air, actually. Alex Sexton, hmm. Alex Sexton and Aaron Hall are two of the more fascinating players that have both played for the same team in the sense that their best is unbelievable. Yeah. They've both polled Brownlow votes. They've both polled um, multiple best on ground Brownlow votes. And yet they've both played in the NEFL. I feel like, I mean, Wayne Campbell did an interview on SEN last week where you could pick through it and basically, it basically sounds like you're saying that Stuart Jew doesn't rate Sexton as a player. If that's true, then they should have just gotten rid of him. Yeah. What's his current deal? Stuart Jew, do you, do you know? he's got a contract for this year, so out of contract end of this year. Alex how, Sexton. How old is he? Turns 30 this year in December. Mm. And he's a WA boy, right? Uh, I memory. think he's a local Queenslander. Oh. For some reason, in my head, he was Western Australian boy. There you go. Yeah, taken out of the quaffle. Okay. Is there a uh, market for him? There's a reason he's not playing at the Gold Coast Suns. 
because he doesn't defend. That's what the knock on a lot of other clubs would say is. But he's, for got, a, he's got some friends at the Gold Coast. For a guy that can defend. kick two or three goals a game, yeah, you'd I, think there would be a market somewhere as as the 40th player on a list. But I don't think there's going to be an overwhelming sense of someone coming with a second pick, second round pick for, for an Alex Sexton. No, but if you were a... I think Stuart Jew does make calls on players and stick to them. Oh, so you think he's a bit... You think he's a bit... Uh... If you're saying what Wayne Campbell... If you're picking through what Wayne Campbell said on radio last week, that would be... But you're, you're saying Jew makes his mind up and then sticks to it. As in, he doesn't... It's, well, it's that's why Jack, his mind. That's why Jack Bowes is playing for Geelong right now and not Gold Coast. Same with Jared Lyons. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Well, that, that might be the case. But like, if you were a... I'm just picking a team out of a hat here. If you were Melbourne... Yeah. They're going to be thereabouts, but if this, their, their mix up forward is still a bit weird. If you get Sexton for the fourth round pick, or you take him through the, you take him through the mid, um, preseason. Yeah, pay, and that's where I think they're paying peanuts. Yeah, heavily incentivized. He's a free hit, isn't he? He's a free hit. I just don't think there will be anyone coming in a big way for a thirty year old who no. is falling in and out of the Gold Coast side. It's a good question from Dill, though. It is. Came for more of it, With, which is just on Sexton though. Like if you play him in a Melbourne. It means you'd have to drop a Spargo or a Neil Bullen or a Pickett, you know, the pressure types, and that's what clubs thrive on these days. That's why Geelong was so good last year. They had Stengel close, yeah. Rowan defending like they were. All right, before we go, no more gaps. And we're going to do a side who had their worst defeat in 25 years down at the Cattery, last year's grand finals, the Sydney Swans. And they are one of the more interesting lists at the moment. Mitch, because mm. they've got so many young, capable, would-be stars. And, you know, I reckon they've been rattled since the grand final. And they've got a couple of guys leaving. We know Franklin's on, on the way out. I'm of the opinion they should have let him go to the Gold Coast anyway. When you look at Sydney... Just on Buddy, do you think he wanted to go to the Gold Coast? Um, I think he would have preferred to have stayed. I also think that he and his management played Sydney really well. And I was surprised that, because Sydney's so well led, yeah. I was just surprised that Tom Harley and Kenny Beetson and John Longmire kind of let him pull the strings in the end and say, no, 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 I'm worth this and I'm staying. Take it or leave it. I, I would have been of the opinion, well, we love you, Lance. We got you over here. You've had an unbelievable career for us, but we've got all these kids coming through that need to be paid. We think you're worth this. If you want to uproot your life and go, then we wish you all the best. I, I don't think clubs do that enough, personally, but... I just think sometimes in a market like Sydney, the playing contract's one thing, but there's players like Buddy that just transcend the market. Yeah, but would it really have made a difference to the market if he'd left, do you reckon? No, like but... his career's already basically played out there. No, but just the extra season of him on billboards, okay, the fans on the street. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to listen to that argument. Yeah. I'm, I'm not strong on this, by the way. I was just yeah. more brilliant. No, no, I'm was, not, and I'm... I was interested in it. Yeah. So we look at Sydney, and it sounds like from all the, from all the noises they're making, Mitch that they want another key position. Yep. Maybe two. And that's why they've been linked to De Koning. That's why they've been linked to Himmelberg. Yep. Who do they need more or what do they need more if there's anything else? It's a good question. I think the key position is a big one. So if Franklin goes into this year, you would think. Yep. Dane Rampey turns 33 in June. Yep. And unfortunately, Paddy McCartan, I it's all just awful wanting to succeed. It. Yeah, we all do. Shattered by what? happened and yep. our thoughts are with him that he can get back on the park but he's he, talking realistically yeah, you have to think you yep. have to think long term where this is so the key position player I because I really like Amadi who we know he's injured yeah. but I really like Logan McDonald yeah so if, I feel like their forward line is in a good space yeah and that's where what sort of when and you I like ask, Haywood down there and I like Papley down there I feel like they've got lots of guys that can go through there yeah and then when you ask 
Himmelberg or TDK, I'm sort of leaning more towards Himmelberg. In Interesting. Terms of I think I'm leaning a little bit towards TDK. As a pure ruck to, to bump out a Laddams? Well, as a 50-50. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd... Well, Tom Hickey turns... Are you a massive Himmelberg fan at 800 grand? Like, here's a question for you. Who's who's better value? Who's got more <laughs> upside? Who's more, got more upside at $800,000 a year on a long... Say, say they, they're offered the same deal, right? Mm. Let's just call it seven years at 800 grand. Who's got more upside? Himmelberg or De Koning? Oh, I, I think De Koning has more upside. I think more upside, but you know, you're getting more of a known quantity with Harry Himmelberg's Himmelberg. the safer choice. Yeah. yeah I, I thought you were going to ask me Ben Mackay just then. Not everything about, about Ben McKay. <laughs> I think you caught up on this one. We should get Ben on. Well, he's got his own podcast with Harry. That's all right. We could merge. Yeah. Um, but no, I think the key backs is a, is a big... They, they sort of went and half addressed that this year with going at Aaron Francis, who played his first game on the weekend. Yeah. But he's not a pure key back. Isn't he? He's a third tall, I reckon. Okay. I don't think he can stand alongside Hawkins or Tom Lynch. Um, the, other, the other one at the Swans to me is the big-bodied mid. So, yeah, midfield's fascinating. Yeah. Like Luke Parker... Incredible servant. Towards the end. And you think he's actually older than what he is. He's, he's still 30. He's probably got another three or four years in him. But up. Yeah. Warner by two, but Chad mostly. James Rowbottom, Errol Goulden. Callum Mills can play everywhere. Florent. Florent, yeah. Dill Stevens is half forward wing mid. Hasn't quite worked out, Dill Stevens, has he? No, hasn't kicked on. Top 10 Shown pick. Shown glimpses. Top 10 pick, yeah. Pick three or four. Given Jared Healy's old number. Number five. Yep. So I think the need for a big-bodied mid that can burst... Real wet Will Setterfield sort of time. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of ilk uh, would be one that would jump out to me, and, as well as a key And key would back. you think that they would look at that via trade in free agency, or would they look at drafting a big-bodied midfielder, do you think, where they're at? Um, I think with the with the demographic of this list, it's time to go now. So I'm I thinking agree. trade and free agency. Mm. They're hard to find. They're hard to find the big... Bodied. I tell you, he'd be good at Sydney right now. Tom Mitchell. Yeah. I never yeah. should have let him go. Anyway, I should have said that when we were talking about Tom Mitchell. But yeah, they'd love it. They'd, they'd love, love a Degoey, mm. like a burst. They'd love a Noah Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the sort of players, I think. Ponson Pally, Cripps. Hmm. Well, they're not getting, not getting any of those guys. Actually, that reminds me. Can we do a nuts and bolts down the down the ways about Marcus Bontepelli re-signing? About this, why it was a four-year deal, yeah, there's a, there's and a, not a six, seven, or eight. There's a nice story there. I yeah, think. right. Yeah, I think we should do it. That did prick my interest at the time. I think it pricked everyone's interest. Yeah, I'm like why didn't he sign for ten years? Yeah, because <laughs> they would have given him because he would. He's going to come out as a thirty-year-old, isn't he? That contract. Uh, yep, yep. And is he going to be playing the way he's playing now at thirty? It'd be hard to. So doesn't his value automatically? Anyway, I'm wasting good content here. We'll talk about it down the track. That's it for episode two. What's on for your week? Anzac Day footy yes. tomorrow. Can't wait. There's no better feeling than walking. Did you do gym. Saturday scoop on Saturday? I did. Did you break any stories? Not this week, no. Yeah, no, it's sort of key thing when it sort of Saturday scoop is it usually actually <laughs> do something breaks. We just we can't make stories up if they're not there. So oh. next week, <laughs> next week. Uh, so I'll you're doing Anzac Day footy. So on the broadcast or on news or it's still yet to be determined? Still a few things up the in the air. It's a very day to day. It's a fluid process. process. Yes, yes. you and I both know with TV they tend to. Uh, Make decisions last minute. How about you? Will I see you there at the uh, the G? Uh, yes, I'm doing doing wide water sports, doing my radio show from their post game. But you know what I'm going to do? I am going to set the alarm. Yes, and I'm going to put the headphones in, and I'm going to walk up to the dawn service. Oh, lovely! Tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know if people have done it before. It is actually 
one of the best experiences you can have yep. in Melbourne, I think. It is so beautiful. And I think it's going to be an amazing morning. Yeah. So hey, if you're not doing anything, set the alarm. Yeah. Listen to tradies on your walk to the shrine. There you go. That's that's well, that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. Um. So that's it for my week, and then a quiet weekend. I think. I've no, actually Thursday got, night footy. I've actually got um. So Lucas Herbert, the golfer, yes, who won on the weekend in Japan, fourth. Oh, wow. Yeah, two million dollar purse, and he uh, he won. He's flying to Melbourne in a couple of days, and he's a huge dogs fan. So I think they've sorted him out with a um with a seat and yep. uh, I think he's going to the function on Saturday. Lovely. For the Bulldogs and the Hawks. Oh, I'm his plus one. Can we get a voice memo from him on the dogs list manager and that, You know what? That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get him to do a voice memo on Great. the dogs. You've been using the voice memos in the last week? No, I'm off. I'm off voice memos. I'm just back to texting. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to Tradies. Follow us on Spotify or subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Mitch and I'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at com. Thanks for tuning in.